Welcome to the Permission Portal Podcast. I'm the voice, Julia Henning, entrepreneur, life coach, and retreat host. This portal was created to celebrate purpose, pleasure, and permission. Whether you want to uplevel your consciousness, expand your knowledge, or just listen to know you're not alone, I offer myself and this portal as the ultimate permission slip to be human, whatever that means. So take off the mask and slip into something authentic if you're ready to dive in. Welcome to the Permission Portal. Hey there, portal people, and welcome back to the Permission Portal. I am your host, Julia Henning, and today we have a pretty special episode. I am joined by guest and friend, Echo Gamut. But before I tell you more about Echo, let's just take a little good juju, and wherever you are, I invite you to just pause. Unless you're driving, please keep driving. And if you can, closing your eyes, just take a nice deep breath in through your nose, and release that with ease. <sighs> One more with me and let that go. And just trust that everything else that's going on today will be waiting for you after this episode. But I really invite you to tune into today's episode with grounded presence. I invite you to stay curious, open-minded, and open-hearted as you dive into today's episode. And as always, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being amazing, you could take over the world, and 1 being not so much, where is your mood on a scale of 1 to 10? Now, let's talk about Echo Gamut. As the creator of Enlighten, that's E-N-L-T-N, Echo's mission is developing modern methods for efficient enlightenment through education with a goal of raising compassion and consciousness in our world. He recently created the board game, The Powers That Be, to help people ask new questions about the spectrum of global power and the nature of our reality. And he's currently completing his first book called The Guide to Spiritual Awakening, How to Connect to Your True Self and Live Your Divine Purpose. Now, Echo and I met about a year ago doing an entrepreneur mastermind. We became fast friends, partners, collaborators, and our conversations about consciousness have really expanded beyond anything I could have ever imagined. As somebody who really inspires the human condition in other people, I felt that he was a vital person to bring into the permission portal. As I'm walking around telling the world that I'm a consciousness coach, I am essentially coaching people into the practical pathways of the concept that Echo really embodies and often speaks about to the public at large. So in today's conversation, I'm gonna give you guys a little bit of a light disclaimer. We are talking some pretty heady concepts. We're having some pretty non-linear conversations around the concept of consciousness itself. So take what works, leave what doesn't, let's buckle up and dive right in. Welcome, my dear friend, dear Echo, to the Permission Portal Podcast. How are you doing, my Thank love? You. Amazing. Thank you. How are you? I am buzzing and beaming. I'm ready for this conversation. I feel like we've been having 
feelers about what this was going to be for months that we've met and known each other. And I'm just so happy that we've arrived at this moment and that it happened organically and exactly the way it was supposed to. Exactly. Infinite possibilities. Who knows what's to come yet? It's all right here, right now. I live. Um, <laughs> for those of you who can't see, what is burning in front of you? What is the smoke? You that's set up the space. I mean, you've got to set up <laughs> the environment. So this is some protection incense, also some African incense. And yeah, it just gets the mood going, the ambiance, you know, you got to have it. We are talking to my dear friend, Echo. And Echo, I'm going to just give you the mic real quick to give everybody a little uh, deep dive into who you are and what you do. So why don't you just tell people a little bit about what you do? Excellent. Okay. Well, I believe most of my last 20 years or so has been involved with deep research of the esoteric type. So that involves everything third dimensionally and then everything beyond that as well. Mm. What I'm aiming to do now with that knowledge is to help people connect to their higher self, find their divine purpose and live that life that they are the main character. You know, a lot of people are talking about NPCs and all that stuff. But right now, it's about that main character energy for each one of us who is awake and alive and ready to be the best that we've ever been. Mm. And many of us have had times in our life where we've been great at something or wonderful at something else or we've been a star in something. But now is the time. It's always the now. People have been displaced from their own personal now, I believe, in many ways by society and many other things that call to us. As shiny objects here or there. Mm-hmm. And right now it's it's about uh, aligning, recentering, recalibrating back to what is that calling for each one of us individually. So that's what I'm aiming to do, uh, helping people as much as possible. And my first book is The Guide to Spiritual Awakening. And that's basically for people like myself 10 years ago who don't always have someone to discuss things with and to connect with when that's happening. Because it can be a, a murky, dark, uncharted waters <laughs> to, <laughs> to navigate through alone. Well, my dear, yeah. I feel like that is just such a eloquent and articulate opening into why it is we're here and why you had to have a space in the permission portal with me. We met, and we're going to give you guys just a little bit of backstory. So Echo and I met, what was it like? February, March, earlier this year? Yeah, yeah. it's been about seven months or so. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, we met about seven months ago. Can you believe it? And we had both embarked on our dear friend, Shailene. She was hosting a business entrepreneurial mastermind, calling in all different types of business owners, entrepreneurs, creatives to basically go through like a 12-week program, basically just kind of up-leveling your cause, your mission, business structure, business format, and just kind of creating a community of conscious individuals to discuss the creativity and the projects and the businesses they were trying to form. Did you say that that kind of sums up what we did? Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. We've worked together for, uh, I don't know, a couple of years now and having the opportunity to come in with others who she knows and has connected with was very exciting for me. And, you know, you were there too. It was a wonderful experience to connect with all these other individuals across the country who are doing it in their own way. Just a little context into how we came into each other's lives. I remember 
day one, session one, when you and I were in that Zoom meeting and I or the Google Meet, and I remember being like, I'm going to know him. I don't know why, but I just knew off the bat, Echo, I was like, we all had to get accountability partners. And I just had a feeling, I was like, that's my accountability partner. You're the only (laughs) male identifying individual in this group. And I just remember being like, of course, that's going to be who I end up with. And we did. And like, what, where were you at when you decided to say yes to that experience and that portal? And like, where do you feel like you are now since we've closed it? That's a really good way, a segue, I should say. Uh, You're very good at this. And also to to be honest, (laughs) what I was able to channel in in regards to helping you and being there for you was a mirror to what you're putting out and what you're holding for yourself. And as they say, uh, God helps those who help themselves. And whatever term a person uses, universe, source, whatever, higher self, whatever that is, it's all good with me. And um, I think sometimes the simplest things, as we raise our consciousness, as we raise our vibration, it almost co- calls back to the most simplest aspects of what this all is. For instance, you're talking about 5D, 3D. For me, there's a lot of the Fibonacci moving energy. So once we get to 5, we go to 8, 13, 21, 34, 50, and on and on and on. And when we hit 144, that angelic number, then you know we're able to jump into infinite consciousness in terms of what I've experienced and what I see and how this works. But to relate it down to where we are in 3D, which is what we're all experiencing here every day, where we can touch this table, we can speak, and we can see uh, the light and the shadow and all these different things that we're experiencing. And of course, the limitations of the fiat currency model, which still runs most of our lives to determine what we're capable of doing. A lot of that comes down to the most simple aspects of God helps those who help themselves. Or for instance, the monkeys who see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Some of these things we were taught at such a young age, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But where do we go off of those courses? And I'm not trying to be all goody-goody two-shoes, but there is another form of elevated awareness and activation and excitement in a way that comes from connecting into the pure vibrations or radiations even of what it is to live in that energy frequency where Mm. I'm not really watching horror films anymore. I've curated a playlist that is positive and upbeat in terms of the song title and the lyrics, the things that I watch and elevate with are usually in some way meant to motivate and in a positive way to keep me going because of what we are surrounded with Mm. every day all around us. And at times it is really necessary for me personally to continually put positive aspects of sound, incense even, lighting, crystals, whatever it might be for an individual, feng shui, the colors, even the artwork, One of the things of feng shui is to surround ourselves with those aspects that have an intention to them that resonate with us. So someone could have skeletons and knives or whatever and have that meaning positive for them. It's their own personal interpretation of what that is. 
it's not for me to say in someone else's spaces, oh, that skeleton thing over there or that spider thing over there. That's just not, you know, it's up to them. Did somebody tell me that I have skeletons in my house, Echo? How did you know that? (laughs) I think they're in your crawl space. Oh, don't even bring that up <laughs> there. But you know, no. I do. I have skeletons all over the house. So it's funny. Oh, that do you? you? Do I do. Well, there I are like, I was I like, see that. Yeah, they live. I have oh. Benny. Benny looks over the living room. Anyway, continue. Oh, that's yes. good. Intention. That's very good. Yeah. Intention is what it is. I mean, that's what it all is. And when we get to the like the monkey see, monkey do type things, it is about the spelling. You know, we're casting spells with our words as we speak. English was created specifically almost in a way to create dissonance, but mastery of it or linguistic fluidity is really important. If you get into etymology of a word, what does it really mean? Where does it really come from? And then we know when I'm saying something that I want, I'm speaking it out, I'm spelling it out, I'm casting that spell into the 3D reality as a you know, I didn't go to Hogwarts, but as as a budding magician or a sorcerer of my own, I want to be aware of what I'm saying and the intention of it. So for instance, I used to live near the grove there and I used to go over to the grove all the time. And I loved sitting out there by one of the fountains outside the coffee shop. I could sit there for 15, 30 minutes and not hear English. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But without knowing what specific definitions were being spoken, I could still tell what was being communicated. Sure. So we can tell what the intention, the energy is in those communications, whether or not we're able to really discern or define what the words are. That is the frequency, the energy that is communicated. And when we have intention of what we're putting out into the world, it makes all the difference. There's that ability for us to be creators of our reality that is so far beyond what we've been taught for most people. What we know is so vastly beyond the human vehicle, at least as it's been up until this point. And that is, I think, what the next adventure is for us to take off into those uncharted territories of consciousness and find that we can define them individually through our intention. That's okay. So I'm going to ground us a little bit and I'm going to anger this in because I am going to call a spade a spade. As you listen to Echo communicate and express himself, for the people who might not be tapping into a level of consciousness or self-awareness, it can feel a little, mm, I would even go as far to say overwhelming to receive sort of the vastness of this kind of existentialism. So why I love Echo is because this is just how we seem to communicate, is I follow all of that, I grok it, I receive it, and I can respond to it. For our listeners, who might not be maybe, and I'm not putting anybody down, and I'm not questioning your intelligence, so before you come at me, I'm simply saying, we're just going to lay out a couple touchstones to this story today so that you guys can follow sort of a cohesive... um, strand of these thoughts. And one of them being what I'm picking up Echo, and forgive me if I get this wrong, is that what was sort of mirrored and strengthened in our connection relates to these things you're talking about. It was starting off kind of going back to the beginning of our question, like there was a mirror of a person 
who essentially puts themselves into the world with intention. And that intention sort of has a ripple effect of infinite possibilities and us sort of holding space for those possibilities and speaking to those possibilities. We're conditioned, we're educated, we're taught how to do it in so many ways. But when you sort of just grok something, when you sort of empathetically and intuitively, you know, see and feel and and understand what another person's energy is putting into the space and you pick it up and you take it on, you then create a definition of this person that is so individual. It's so personal versus sort of what we have known about them or what we're being presented with them. And so even to just kind of parse that down, I feel like when we met, there was sort of just a kind of complex but very simplistic acceptance and understanding of each other. And when you and I would talk about what we were learning or what we were working on, we were noticing what the other one's effort and intention was sort of being plugged into and just sort of uplifting and bolstering that in each other and being inspired by that. And just those conversations in and of itself, I think, raised the the collective consciousness between us for us to be able to talk about really anything and it sound as expansive as what you just said. That's beautiful. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I completely agree with what you're going for there and what you're sharing. One of the reasons we connected so well was that the mirror was a two-way mirror to, you know, in some regard. So grounding what a lot of these different aspects are of, of this conversation of consciousness is very important. And it isn't necessarily ever about saying anyone isn't this or is that. It is about creating enough entryways to mm-hmm. receive and to access what the information is that everybody feels welcomed because that's truly what this is. There's no blockade. There's no specific requirement it might be that some people let's say we look at this like a building okay so we've got doors and and we've got elevators and we've got stairways some people may be able to jump from the ground floor all the way to this top of the of the building and let's say it's a skyscraper and we're talking about the third floor for 3d and the fifth floor for 5d and upwards of there so if we're talking about 5d or up in this consciousness conversation, we want to make sure on that street level down before anyone even enters the building that the doors are open. There's someone out there handing out lemonade or whatever that says, come on in, you know. We've got an escalator all the way up. If someone wants to move straight up that way, we've got spiral staircases. We've got uh, maybe like a, a a rope like in gym class, someone can crawl up that way if they want to. And then also, of course, the elevators, the, the fast elevators, the old elevator with the guy in there in a hat and asking you what floor you're going to, you know, and he's going to crank it up on his own. Everybody's going through this process at their own speed, and they may have started at a different level than I did, than you did, and they may have already advanced so much further within the ratio of where they started. That's why a lot of this comes down to compassion because nobody really knows where someone else is, where they've been, what their experiences or their definitions in this life Mm -hmm. truly are. 
We only know that. Nobody sees the world the way that you do, that anyone else does. And for us to assume that what I'm talking about is the same for someone else, no. What we got to do is build that bridge from 5D back to 3D, from 3D up to 5D, and all from all the different angles of where that can. Because it's not linear. It's really not linear. But this truly is about, I mean, we want to say equality, a lot of these terms in today's communicational world are difficult or can be tricky, and we all want to navigate accordingly. People who have been around for as many decades as I have or more, um, I think we want to have compassion in all directions of age. Everything that's been changed in the last few years specifically in terms of how we define our communication it can be tricky for those who have had 70 years or more of having things be defined a certain way, sort of agreed upon these are how things are, and not ever saying that they're right or wrong for us to say that now, but looking at it and saying, okay, well, let's respect in a certain way how some of these people have had reality defined and have become accustomed to navigating with that sort of definition and communicating it in that way. We come in now and have such fluidity to all of these different definitions of reality and society, and some people still don't really know how to use the internet. <laughs> you know, They don't even know some of these basic aspects of where things are going technologically, spirituality, societally, culturally, and we want to keep those doors open. We want to keep all of the opportunities available to everybody to reach higher consciousness, to reach a higher level of compassion, and to connect with each other as much as possible without judgment. In my research of these different levels, from the third floor to the fifth floor to the top of the skyscraper and out into the sky and the cosmos. One of the final gateways is like a revolving door of judgment and self-judgment. The minute I'm judging someone else, I'm judging myself. The minute I'm judging myself, I'm judging someone else in that same way. It is truly a revolving door of judgment. And so from that, we if we look at that from a third level, say we're standing above a revolving door with a glass floor of some of some way, we could say, well, let's just take that that aspect of judgment away. It doesn't remove discernment. It doesn't remove assessment, because we all have the ability, I believe, or the right to know what we want. Would you like an apple or a plum? Well, I might prefer an apple right now, or I might prefer a plum tomorrow. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you're right or wrong or someone else is right or wrong. But what we want to be able to do is have compassion for the plum eaters if I'm eating an apple right now. It doesn't mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to ground this as much as, as easily as possible. No, don't, don't, because I, I want to just interrupt you for just one second and say that what you guys are witnessing, what you're experiencing is consciousness in action and we could easily dilute this and we could 
try to synthesize this into sort of digestible points and I'll get there. Well, we'll I, I'm definitely coming at you <laughs> with some questions pretty soon, but I think it's important to give you the platform to speak in this way because this sort of highlights, I would go as far to say what you do. I mean, this is the, like you're talking about, the, this is the education. This is the research. This is the expertise in which I think you bring into the world is being able to speak to consciousness, to human awareness, to the human condition in such a way that might feel, you know, a little lengthy or it might feel a little um, kind of like a labyrinth of language. But really what you're saying, if we were to pull out these points and I were to say, okay, what are you talking about, Echo? What is what is the point of this? I would say it's recognizing that consciousness is available, it's accessible, and that everyone has permission to access it and permission to go about it in a way that makes sense for them. And there's various levels of becoming aware of your consciousness that are going to be different for each person. And you, I think, are bringing to this table right now such a deep, potent awareness of what consciousness looks like when it's really cracked open. This is your permission, I think, to go off because how many places do you get to really talk about this in a way where, you know, there is no construct, there's no form? I appreciate that quite a bit. And if we go back to the the building analogy, I'm seeing something that's, um, you know, it's a skyscraper. Maybe there's a uh, five to seven floors in the front of it, sidewalk out front, maybe New York size sidewalk. We've got a couple double doors open in the middle. Around the side, we've got a stairway where you can go straight up to level five or level three. We've got elevator banks in the middle where you can go all the way up. And other people have talked about this as well. And what we want to, I guess, make available is the idea that everybody is their own elevator. Mm. Everybody has that access to infinite, divine, cosmic consciousness. You may not have the code to the penthouse yet. That's for each individual to find through their seeking. No one can have this intellectually given to them. Mm-hmm. They have to look for it and want it and seek for it, and it will be revealed in their own time, in their own way. What my organization, Enlighten, E-N-L-T-N, it's about efficient enlightenment. And so, of course, there's a few letters missing, but it's made to go quicker. Mm. Even the hieroglyphs in Egyptian hieroglyphs were written in that way, like LOL or FYI or BRB. Every Every single glyph had a full story to it. So when you reach those higher levels of consciousness, um, there's a systematic way of communicating. At least I do it for myself. I know others that do it that same way. And when we want to communicate streetwise, street-level examples, that's been the focus of me since 2010 or so, is figuring out how do we bring what that really is out there, or in there, I guess we could say, Mm -hmm. in the simplest version And sometimes I go to baseball, sometimes I use sports, but figuring out where is someone in their consciousness, what level of that building, what sort of wardrobe do we put the discussion in? Is it music? Is it movies? Is it literature? Is it metaphysics? Is it theology? Is it science? 
what is the sort of world that is easiest to connect with whoever I'm speaking with or whatever the, you know, the situation is, and then figuring out systems to go through that, that provide street level examples where it's not all quantum physics. It's not all calculations. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's simple analogies. And even the parables, you know, you get into Jesus, the way that he spoke was obviously I think what everybody in the conscious movement is looking to put forth in some way is love, mm-hmm. infinite love and connection. Uh, parables, I believe, at that time may have been a bit tricky. And still to this day, you know, people are always at Bible studies. I see with coffee shops all the time looking at oh, what was meant here, what was meant here. And in my research, really, it comes down to a lot of that was a challenge. It wasn't this is what it is. It was more like, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I go to one of the main phrases regularly, basically, was that you will do everything I have done and more. That might not be the specific King James version, word for word quote, but the gist of it was you're going to do everything that I have done and more. If we look at that, If we look at, well, what did this particular being as one of these quote-unquote ascended masters, what did he do in his life? Not just what's written in the book, which has been edited a million times by all sorts of different people for different reasons. But what did he study? What what happened in those years that aren't in the Bible? And there's all sorts of different theories on that. I've studied a a lot of different things myself as well as these other ascended masters. What did they do? What did they read? What did they study? How did they think? That's the sort of path that I've taken in a certain way. And what I'm working to do now is to provide efficient pathways to those ends where it doesn't take 50 lifetimes (laughs) or Mm. 5,000 books or whatever it is to access that. And I think we have a lot of that in in the children that are coming forth now, the indigo kids, the crystal kids, the rainbow kids who are coming in with the higher level of consciousness. If you want to look at that hundredth monkey effect, we've got so many people on the planet now talking about consciousness, going through or already through an awakening that we have plenty of monkeys, so to speak, who have passed that Rubicon Mm. and are operating on a different level of consciousness than we've had at least publicly acknowledged in a long time. So I like what you're doing with grounding these conversations or these little diatribes here where it's like, okay, what are we talking about? Let's bring that back in. Well, it's important. (laughs) It's necessary because, you know, we could sit here, you and I, and I think exist in this version of conversation forever. I mean, I'm going to be, we're going to get transparent here, guys, permission to get real is Echo and I actually talked about how we would come into this space for months in terms of what did this conversation want to be? How would it be structured? What's the version of this? Where does it want to live? And for myself, you know, I don't want to, again, dismiss any level of expansion in the permission portal by perhaps trying to dilute this kind of conversation into street level awareness. But I think even for myself, you know, there was a version of what do we talk about and how do we talk about it? And what's the point? What's the purpose? 
And I've talked about pathways to purpose. I've talked about, I mean, this whole entire portal is rooted in permission. And when I talk about what permission means to me, permission in my language, in my meaning, is essentially consciousness. It is just simply being aware, having acceptance of something and moving into the aligned action with, towards, or around that thing. Thus, if I give myself permission, I am then living in presence of my consciousness and I'm not denying it. I'm not negating it. So it's easy, I think, to talk. I don't want to say in circles because we're definitely not speaking in circles, but I also acknowledge there's not really a linear path when it comes to talking about consciousness. It's sort of all interwoven. Again, look at sacred geometry. Like there's a reason why it's not straight and narrow. But when we thought about, when I thought about what this was going to be, I, instead of coming in this as an interview, really wanted to come into it as a discussion, as a conversation. This is part of the Conscious Convo series. It doesn't get more conscious and conversational than this. In fact, I'm just going to ground for a second. But I asked Echo in the beginning of this conversation, what got him into the business mastermind and what he's been doing since? And this is where we are. So goes to show, <laughs> there is no linear here, there, and wherever. But if you were to, and this is in respect to what you offer, the book, everything that feels in alignment, please share what feels right. How would you offer the initiation of consciousness? If somebody feels like, you know, I'm not like, I think I'm self-aware, I think I'm fine, but there's room for a deeper initiation. What's maybe one way that you could kind of share what it is enlightened does for somebody? What's a way in? Talk about a pathway. That's great. Um, I'm going to start with from the mastermind after completing that. Um, <laughs> I've been working on videos to answer that exact question. Oh, yeah. Completing my, completing my book and working on other content, coaching, and courses to deliver what you're talking about. So for me, I, I mean, I don't know. I love being a student, and I don't think that will ever change. And then as I realize that I'm able to help certain people and people continue to come back for certain things and I can see the results, it tells me that I could be coaching or teaching to some degree as well. Um, but those, both of those are going to continue in both directions nonstop for me. Um, in the same way, like the elevator, as we're talking about the elevator and this building, the elevator of consciousness to truly do the work we have to recognize that the elevator is going in both directions simultaneously in the same amount. So as we think we're going up, we're actually digging deeper as well. Some people say that the pyramid in Egypt, uh, the Great Pyramid anyway, has has an opposing pyramid in the opposite direction below it. Even if we were to think about that, that's what this is because on those higher levels, you're getting into what we call the subtle bodies, the subtle energies. So one of the things I studied were the different alchemists over the course of time, like Da Vinci and Newton, and even Steve Jobs left clues. And alchemists will leave clues for others. In the Renaissance time, it was in the paintings. Um, earlier than that, it was in the music. Some of some of the ancient masters in, in the music you can play the line of music upside down or backwards, and it will be in harmony with the original. I mean, this is cosmic, angelic 
channeled music. And at certain points in time, meeting and discussing this type of knowledge or sharing books would get you killed. So the knowledge of the cosmic connections was put into art. Mm. And that's why, um, in my opinion, in the opinion of any artist, I think art and music and all of that that comes from the creative spirit is so vital, if not more important than memorization of facts to pass tests at a particular number. So when we dive that elevator down deep into the shadows and we rise the elevator up, it's similar to, I'm trying to think of a good explanation or explanation. Usually I would use like a, one of those electric Tesla balls. If you've ever seen those back in the day, it's like a glass ball and there's a point in the middle that shoots out lightning and it goes from the middle out to the side. And so what we're looking at is basically a sphere with a point in the middle that activates outward toward the edge. And as it goes in one direction, it goes in the opposite direction. That's what this conversation of consciousness becomes. Mm. It comes from the center point within the sphere or the torus of consciousness, and it goes out. So if I talk, let's say, in the northwesterly direction, 75% from zero to 100 it's also going to go in the southeastern direction, negative 75%. So we can discuss anything along that strip as though it's all the same, and then rotate that. Now, this is difficult just in voice. I'm constantly, <laughs> wor- I'm constantly working on better ways to express what this is for me in my perspective. Sure. Um, and it could be something like a dandelion at the end of the stage when it is all of those different, um, uh, you know, petals, but not really petals. Mm-hmm. And they're all going in opposite directions coming from that center nucleus. And that's kind of what this is. But when we get to those levels that you're talking about, those subtle levels up there at the top or down there, it's almost like looking at what are the shadows in a completely dark room? And how are you able to recognize the movement of energy when the difference is so subtle, so slight? And the same with the light. And we want to align that for ourselves to what resonates with us, without judgment, of course. It doesn't mean that skeletons are a bad thing, especially during Halloween season. But what resonates for us individually, because that's truly what's going to help each individual person move forward. We're going to start out with meditation, of course, listening, quieting the mind. Anybody will tell you that. Listening to the source where a person can take their elevator and connect all the way to their higher self, Mm -hmm. whatever term they want to use for what that is, source, divinity, God, whatever. We all have that connection like a fiber optic cable to some degree, that light at the end of the strand connects to a source somewhere. That's us. We all are connected in that way to whatever that power is. We don't need a middleman necessarily, in my opinion, but at times they will be helpful to put us in the right direction, to align us to that thing, because we can easily get 
thrown off of our now. For me, there were certain points, let's say I went into lucid dreaming, astral travel. I started working on techniques to get into that. Mm-hmm. I found myself above my bed outside of my body for quite a while, sort of trapped in the corner of my bedroom, looking down at my body. And this happened for months. At a certain point, I realized, well, if there's no body, then there's no ceiling in my bedroom. (laughs) And at that point, I went off and sort of started to explore. Very similar to Doctor Strange, the movie, when she sort of taps him out of his body and he flies through the cosmos. When I started to see that being shown to the masses in such a huge popular movie, you know, the Marvel Universe and all that stuff, I was so excited for someone to start to give a visual description of what this is because for me discussing this with a lot of people sounded you know i don't know pretty banana pants maybe people still say that <laughs> you do not just pull out of banana pants obviously it's part of this world i say banana pants all the time yeah 100%. there we go so how do we bring that down right now clean eating is huge because as savon says you can't put chicken lease chicken grease in the Lamborghini. We have one of the, if not the most amazing vehicle in the cosmos, the human body. Mm -hmm. If we treat it as such, it's so far beyond what we think it is for the most part, but we've got to feed it the right fuel. And again, without judgment, because chocolate chip cookies are good for the soul, whatever somebody else's favorite thing is, you know, that is falling in line with intention. At a certain level, you'll be able to intend something to be what you want it to be. I'm not saying that you can eat a million triple cheeseburgers and still be a marathon runner. I mean, maybe there's probably people that do that too. (laughs) But, (laughs) But the cleaner we keep our system, then we're just allowing to get out the things that aren't necessary anymore to connect to a higher level of consciousness. And eventually, if someone wants to exist as a multidimensional being in their conscious awareness, because we all are that, but if you want to be able to navigate those spaces, navigate through infinity, you'll have to be able to activate the third eye. You'll have to be able to activate the entire chakra system. You'll have to be able to activate the Merkaba, and then be able to recognize how to navigate that vessel through spaces that we, most of us, don't even recognize are there and accessible. This increases our consciousness in many aspects of our being, whether we're in the waking, as we call it, the dream, or the hypnagogic, hypnagogic, some people call it, that space in between the two. There's so much more that's accessible to us all if somebody's curious. And I'm not saying it's all necessary by any means. There's plenty of third dimensional, three dimensional experiences that um, I'm not engaging in right now currently that I would love to. And And there'll be a time for that again when, you know, this phase shifts to that phase. And then just balancing them all. It really is about that sort of balance 
and moderation of all of them and figuring out what makes the most sense for an individual. The more that I believe we're able to recognize that what is in our highest vibe is what the next bit is meant to be, then we're following that frequency that is at the core of our heart. And this isn't necessarily that would cause harm to anyone else or something stupid, just like, oh, I feel like doing this. And now, you know, what comes with knowledge and the application of knowledge, then you get into wisdom. And so a lot of those things, some people might jump to initially in their mind. A lot of those sort of um, trivial behaviors just sort of fall away. They're unnecessary or they become really not that attractive anymore. I'd never mean for this to sound like all straight, narrow, fuddy-duddy sort of stuff like that in any way. I mean, people say fuddy-duddy. <laughs> you even say that. That's like <gasps> Because the, what, it, what comes from this is a magical way of being where it is sort of like when they say you shall not enter heaven without the, through the eyes of a child. It doesn't mean necessarily childlike in immature behavior. I kind of think maturity is knowing, you know, when you can be immature <laughs> in a way. <laughs> but that sense of awe where you could walk out when you're three years old, seven years old, and see a cloud formation, a butterfly, a lizard, something that is just, wow, look at that. And still have as much awe for these things that are, I mean, so such beautiful creations in our world that exist around us at every moment if we're able to be present. That would be another one of the main things for anyone to be able to enter the building. Kobe Bryant talked about it. He talked about being 100% present in every moment is what made him so successful. And so for us, that increases our awareness. It increases our awareness to the extent of being conscious as well. Conscious awareness, being completely present of everything that's going on around us. What we sort of, I feel, just spoke through was the experience and the journey of consciousness. It's the awareness that consciousness exists. Like we said before, it's the decision to walk up to the building. It's the awareness that I can walk through the building. It's the compassion to explore the building. And it's also the curiosity and the, the unknown of what exists on each floor. And when you meet other people where you can talk about this journey and talk about this building, you sort of feel, okay, I'm not in this city by myself. I'm not the last man standing. I'm not, I am legend. You know, there are other <laughs> people to express this human experience with. So part of what I want to actually help shape echo, if you're open to receiving is I understand the challenge in expressing this concept, expressing this reality to people. I mean, it's such a vast reality. It's such a vast concept. I don't even know if we'd call it a concept. It's such a vast identity, entity, energy that to put it into digestible, compact capsules, I can imagine is probably really fucking hard. 
I mean, even right now, I'm like, you know, I, I'm getting so much out of this because I love this topic. I love talking about consciousness. I'm very invested. I'm very passionate about the concept of consciousness. We've talked about this separately on our own as friends, but, you know, and I've brought it into the permission portal. I've been conscious since I was very young and there's sort of an initiation there. It's, it starts with a question. It starts with who is Julia? You look in the mirror and you go like, who's the, who's the thing staring back at me behind the eyes? Who's on the other way of this two-way mirror, right? And it takes, I think, the decision and the choice to investigate that moment. And so I want to sort of add in my education, in my, I keep wanting to say exploration, but in my research of consciousness as well, I root it very much in experience, right? That the minute you have a question that feels other to what you've been told, to what you've been educated on or conditioned or exposed to, that is a glimmer of consciousness. If you are to investigate what that is, it's not exactly what we were saying before. It's not going, what is that? What is that question? Hey, mom, can you tell me what is the question I just asked myself? It's going, what do I think? about the fact that I thought this question. And that moment, that deciding, something just moved near me, that's an activation that we don't need to talk about. <laughs> Once you have that moment of, I'm curious what this is. I'm curious what I think about it. I'm curious what it means to me. I'm curious where this goes. That is that getting the invitation to go to the building, walking up to the building, stepping inside, and knowing that on every level there's teachers, there's mentors, there's friends, there's the guy in the elevator, but you going, I got this invitation. I don't know what it is. Do I want to go? Arriving at the building, stepping through the door and exploring every level until you end up at a level that feels like one you want to hang out at. And it might be for a while and it might be brief and it might be for a long ass time and you might never get some places. But <laughs> I mirror this back because we could talk about consciousness in its entirely or in its entirety without ever getting to a point, without ever getting to a bottom line. And so I like that we gave ourselves permission to kind of paint the landscape of consciousness. When you just speak in this sort of light language and you speak in this place from this source, like you're saying, we, the humans, are having this conversation emitting like that Tesla bulb, all of this energy, all of this creativity, all of these ideas, all of this conversation, these questions, but it's also going in the other way, right? I mean, it's also saying, if I ask this question, I have to abandon my ignorance. I am no longer this if I move towards that, but I have to grieve this in order to arrive and birth that. And I think that as you move through the world echo, like educating and entertaining people with the concept of consciousness under your belt, I love that it's not simple. And I love that it most likely can never truly be captured or encapsulated, but that the effort and the choice to do so, I think is a really valiant one. Because it brings me to my question. And I'm going to ask you with all of your might to try your hardest 
to answer this question for me. But what is consciousness? I should have seen that one coming, but I mean, um, come on, you're a conscious a being. Question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the example in terms of consciousness, street level specifically, yep, would be let's take a car, pick whatever car a person wants to take, but at certain points, the lug nuts that hold the wheel onto the axle are absolutely vital. Do you see why? Because without the wheels, where are you going to go in that car? That aspect of the car is something we rarely ever think about. That is not necessarily main character energy, but it's a part of the whole that without those things, you're getting nowhere. Okay, but also, you've got to have the wheels, you've got to have the tires. You've got to have the seat so someone can sit there. The steering wheel, very important. What about the fuel? Knowledge and consciousness are the fuel. The, the entire vessel, the entire vehicle itself is also consciousness. But without anyone in the driver's seat, the car still will go nowhere. So as we look at this, this vessel, this vehicle, all of the various parts of the vehicle are important. And those represent the different levels of consciousness. If we have three wheels, yeah, maybe we could go a little bit, but probably not too smooth and not too far. <laughs> you know, if we have half a tank of gas, ah, we can go, but you know, not maybe where we want to get. If our windshield is cracked or covered or dirty. It's going to be tough to figure out where we're going if we don't have anywhere to go or we don't have a map or I don't have the ability to know how to run the, the foot feed and, and actually run the vehicle. That's going to be difficult as well. All of those aspects, as we add to our consciousness, create more awareness. Now I'm aware of how to put the thing into the gear that I want. I'm aware of how to turn the steering wheel in the direction that I want. I'm aware of when I need to stop, when I need to accelerate. I'm aware of if my tire needs to be pumped up or else I'm not going to be able to keep going. All those aspects contribute to us in our own vessel because our body is basically our spaceship. It's all in here. Everything we need, we got to feed it the right fuel. We got to be aware of how to operate it. And we got to listen to our intuition so we can know when our vibes are pulling us out of a toxic situation or maybe they're butterflies which are going to be like, oh my gosh, this could be really good if I could just get past this fear. This could be the best thing in my life. Oh my gosh. And then maybe that one day we decide to take that leap, whatever it is, to do something new, just one new thing. And then that expands our consciousness. It expands our awareness. It creates a new connection and become part of our life and part of our journey. And if we are able to see them as working for us, of course, and that's part of the journey. If we're present enough to see that, we may have these magical puzzle pieces present themselves from the people around us who are just ready and willing to help, want to be part of the story, want to connect. Anyway, hopefully that somewhat describes, <laughs> I am not that great at answering direct questions. I appreciate you giving me one it. because I need to work on that. I love it. And you know what? 
permission for all versions of expression in the permission portal, you know, what was meant to be said was said and who's meant to hear it and receive from it will. And those who won't, won't. And that's okay because maybe it's not direct questions that evoke the truest consciousness in this conversation. And I'm okay with that. What I want to grok is there is permission here for two things. One, to discuss something that is alive in all of us that makes us feel more alive when we talk about it. That's great. I think that's a really deep permission slip for everybody today that whether or not you feel educated or an expert or even have any version of experience in the world of metaphysics or consciousness, you are conscious simply by being here and being awake and listening to this. And I'm curious what permission you can take from this to talk a little bit more about a question you have about yourself or talk a little bit more about that thing you noticed that you do or that thing that you feel inside or something about your environment that you were aware of. Talk about it in a different way and just see what happens. And that relates back to the permission of viewing things. And you talked about this earlier, so I'm going to try my best to not go down the rabbit hole. The grokking here is when you view things from a certain lens, you have access to that information in a way that unlocks levels of experience, consciousness. You get to be alive and you get to be conscious whether or not you want to investigate what that conscious experience can be is up to you. But when you take that step over the threshold, you get to take a ride up or down, up and down, in fact, and as you continue to well oil your vehicle, you will go farther on the journey. And that doesn't mean you won't make movement, but you will go farther and you might notice a lot more on that journey than you would if you were just concerned with getting there on time. <laughs> Echo, what do we feel about that? Absolutely. You know, one of the top physicists in the world, I believe he's at UC Irvine, he just um, shared the fact that a lot of his colleagues and himself believe, or maybe they've specifically calculated, that space-time is ending or has ended right around that. So all these calculations that they've made for the structure, the construct of our existence, our reality basically didn't work. Mm. It didn't align with their mathematical predictions and all these things that we've been basing so much of our physics and everything on. This happens to be at the same time that we're talking about the age of Aquarius, the Great Awakening, all of these other things, talking about reality, transurfing, creating your own reality, writing your own script, main character energy, all these things that are out there in the conscious community, and that's a whole thing itself. What we're looking at when we talk about the definition of something not really being able to be pinned down, we can take that if we look at the alchemical model as above, so below, mm -hmm. the multidimensional level. We can take the idea that defining something being a little bit more tricky than we used to think it was all the way to the extent of what this entire experience of existence is. What we've been framing as a collective, what we've been framing so much of our structure was on scientific facts and equations 
somewhat related to relativity, somewhat related to quantum physics and how those two sort of hash out their differences, Mm -hmm. but all based in time space, space time. And now we're hearing that that isn't really calculating out as proposed, as predicted. So within that, that gives us ultimate permission to basically write the script if we want to, if we want to step up to that level and not just be an actor, not just be a director or a cinematographer, not even just the writer, a producer to some extent or a creator of what we experience while we're here in this vessel in the 3D. It's all up for each individual to decide that. And what we want to mainly focus on through enlightened and through my stuff, my personal philosophies and whatnot, is that there is no judgment on where anyone else is at. Focus on ourselves individually. What can we do to help you? For the most part, that means what can that person do to contribute outwardly from their heart to the collective in their time here with what radiates for them the most. Hopefully that makes some sense. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, there you go. Do you guys grok that? I mean, I'm with it. All right, my dear. All right. All right. Before we go any further, you guys, there is so much. There's a vastness. There's a multitude of things that us two individuals can and I think will get into at other times. (laughs) This is just your introduction to Sir Echo and us together in this conversational, this conscious combo. So I'm going to close our first portal together with a rapid fire three questions. And I mean rapid fire. All right, quick. And the first one is, what are you a yes for? Love is the first thing that comes out. I mean, if that's what it's supposed to be, like... um... Not even thinking. Yeah, that was the first answer to the kid. So, yeah. Loves it. And what are you putting on your permission slip these days? Creating what is in my heart, despite the 3D conditions that tell me to do other things. Mm, I feel that. And last but certainly not least, (laughs) I laugh because I brace myself. What does being human mean to you? Utilizing all the gifts that we are given to the best of our ability while we are here. So, my dear, where can the people find you? (laughs) Perfect. I've got YouTube videos on YouTube at Echo Gamut, E-C-H-O-G-A-M-U-T. Also, Enlightened.com has some tips for spiritual awakening and getting started. Those are probably the best two, or at Instagram at Gamut. Amazing. You guys, if you want to dive deeper into the experience, the lessons, and the journey of consciousness, this is your call. This is your permission slip. This is your awakening moment. And this is a person who I guarantee will not only hold you with grace and compassion, but we'll enlighten you in a way that we all have time for. 
because I think that this conversation came right on time. So Echo, I just want to thank you so much for being a part of the permission portal. I want to thank you for being the ultimate accountability partner and conscious friend. And I look so forward to the rabbit holes that we will dive down in the future, because I think that this is just the beginning. Many more to go. I truly appreciate the invites and the space. Thank you so much. Thank you, my love. If you made it to the end of this episode, it means you're committed to giving yourself permission. Doesn't it feel good? If you want another permission slip, tune in every Thursday for new episodes and head to my website to get your name on our mailing list so you don't miss special offers, podcast bonuses, and coaching opportunities. Your involvement in the portal means a lot to me. So I invite you to leave an honest rating and review and click the follow or subscribe button if you haven't yet. The ripple effects have the power to bring permission to those who truly need it. And you can follow me on social media at I am Julia Henning or the Permission Portal. If you want to step into the portal with me, look out for opportunities to get coached on air through social media and on my website. Until then, guys, I am beaming you so much gratitude for tuning in, and I cannot wait to vibe out again soon. Oh, and on a scale of 1 to 10, where's your mood right now? <laughs>